Welcome to another episode of Saturday Night Combos. My name's Ashley, and this is my cousin, confidant, and co-host, Reagan. And here we like to discuss things that are going on in the world. And what's going on in our own lives. Nothing is off the table here. So pull up a chair and join us for another Saturday Night Conversation. (laughs) All right. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Saturday Night Convos. We are talking tonight, Ashley, about social media and I don't it's not censorship. I, I don't know. We'll we'll discuss if this is a form of censorship. But uh people's varied opinions and posting them on the internet. I I, I don't know. How would you describe it? I I, I would I would think that we'd be talking that we're talking about how it's evolving right because like you know you started with back in the day what was it called myspace and then you went to facebook and now then there was twitter and then then there's instagram and now you're at parlor yeah right so how it's evolved and like you said like i just looked quickly at what kind of parlor was but what's the difference between like parlor to twitter and like how it's kind of moving into more of that you call it like a left wing left yeah there's a there's a divide so what's been happening and this is i mean this has happened since social media was created and we've already covered social media back Mm -hmm. a while ago but this is looking at people posting their opinions on the internet right that's what social media is about Mm -hmm. when i was researching this the thing that kept coming up were these these companies are classified as micro blogging Mm -hmm. companies which i i never thought of social media as being blogging but anyways that's besides the point so this is kind of it's been trending towards people you know people posting their opinions online and creating this greater divide probably since obama i know when obama was campaigning they really used like facebook at the time Mm -hmm. um and twitter was just twitter wasn't very big at that time but yeah it was still around and it's just been slowly and slowly evolving and now it's i think it's kind of at like the decimal point like probably what i would consider the pinnacle just with the amount of division that is online um the number of people sharing their opinions you've got the creation of this new um social media Mm -hmm. and um people are really getting into their camps and their corners and we are going to talk about that okay oh hey okay so we're going to look. I have notes, Ashley. I knew you would. This is. <laughs> we were going to talk about something else, and then Reagan really wanted to do this. So buckle down and <laughs> be prepared. Okay, so first we're going to cover Twitter. So, what is Twitter? Everybody knows Twitter. Mm. For those of you that, you know, want some fun facts about Twitter, there are 321 million users around the world. So it's an American micro blogging and social networking service. Again, I never thought of social media as being blogging, but it is. It was founded in, on March 21st, March 21st of 2006, 
And it launched. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? And it launched in July of 2006. So they bill themselves as offering an open exchange of information or allowing people to have an open exchange of information. Mm-hmm. Right? So you put a tweet out about whatever you want to talk about, and that's you putting your idea to the world. Yeah. Um, okay, so there... So this was kind of interesting. So there's 321 million users, like we already said. Mm-hmm. But only 22% of those 321 321 million users are actually active users. That doesn't surprise me. I'm not, I have Twitter, yeah, uh, yeah. but I'm not, not an active user. Mm-hmm. I go on to check Trump's tweets, um, <laughs> but that's about it. Like, yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to post, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I'll post every now and then. So, I don't know. I find that really interesting. Mm-hmm. So would you, we'll get into this a bit later, but I want to ask you this right now. Would you say that you use Twitter more as a way to get your news and the content of, you know, your interest of what may be happening in the world as opposed to sharing your opinions with other people? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And that is a very, obviously it's a very common feature and it's become much more common Amongst mm-hmm. the millennials. I will, I, I will say I moved more into, actually, since we started the podcast, Instagram. I do like Instagram more. Yeah. Um, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. But again, two different, right? Because Twitter is more news yes. world events, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So 10% tweet actively. Um, and 90% of users have only tweeted once or twice. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know, right? Um, okay, so it's, it was originally more popular with the older people, but it is very popular. 36% of people 18 to 29 use it. Hmm. <coughs> um. 24% of men use it and 25% of women do use it. So that's really so, interesting. Like I don't would you say a lot of our generation use Twitter? I don't know. I feel like it's more of a business platform. Um I would say it depends on what you're using it for. Yeah. Instagram would be more the business platform. Um Twitter's more information and getting your content, right? So if yeah. you are a politician, right, or you're into politics, you're going to tweet about what yeah. you think, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they each kind of have their own different niches, but I would say Twitter, honestly, I think a lot of my peers or friends don't really use Twitter anymore. Yeah, but I'm looking at like, I have nieces who are coming up into the like 16 to 21 age range and I'm like I don't think they use Twitter. No, I think for them it, it swung back to either Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, or both, right? I mean Facebook controls both I'm just, of them. I'm just like what is the future of Twitter? Like I think that would be really interesting. Mm-hmm. 
Especially because it's been around for going on almost 15 years. Like, I think it's a dying, like... Surprisingly, no. Okay, interesting. Surprisingly, because they have... They have the monopoly, right? We're going to talk about parlor mm-hmm. in a minute, but they have the monopoly on this whole idea of expressing your thoughts in a sentence, right? They have um, the 321 million users. That's parlor, true. Parlor. Okay, so let's move on to parlor. It was founded in 2018. It launched in September 2018. It builds itself as a small app geared towards. Sorry, no. Okay. Sorry, let me, I'm going to cut that out. So it was founded in 2018, launched in 2018. They currently have, sorry, I'm just looking for my number. Where's my number? They currently have 10 million users. Okay. Right? So it's like comparing apples and oranges. So while I was researching this, I saw a lot of commentary about how Parler is only... It's only a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. It will not be around for very long because mm-hmm. Twitter has that monopoly. Yeah. So it's a private company. It builds itself with its values of respecting privacy, freedom of speech, and free markets. So with that freedom of speech sort of thing that we're going to get into, Mm-hmm. That's kind of why this divide has been created. Um, it says equal, you know, it believes in equal treatment, religious freedom, a view viewpoint neutral. So again, very, you can say whatever you want here. Nobody's going to criticize you, right? So it's a small app geared to has become a small app geared towards right-wing thinkers, but the intention was always to be bipartisan. Okay. So although their intention of Parler was to be bipartisan, they had focused their marketing efforts towards conservatives as as they began to embrace the service. Mm. So now people like Rudy Giuliani, Sean Hannity, um... Brad Pascal, who was Trump's campaign manager until he got fired, they're all on that. Oh, okay. So it's become this huge, um, I don't even know what to call it, like, it's just become this this huge plethora of right-wing speak thinkers and speakers and thought provokers. And it's so, you know when he something so there's so much in one thing it's so concentrated yeah there's no room for anything else there's no other thought process there's because no that's other all yeah. yeah exactly so if you go on parlor all you will see is trump trump conspiracy trump q on whatever biden didn't win the election it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is all you will see. Whereas Twitter, right, it's that, or it has been, um, it'll be interesting to see if it still is, but it was that kind of like neutral, right? Going back to the neutral, right? You yeah. had your your left thinkers, you had your right thinkers, mm-hmm. but there was room for both. And I mean, you could customize your newsfeed or your Twitter or whatever to get the content that you want. 
but those ideas from either side that you're on or not on they're still there Mm -hmm. still seeing them right whereas with parlor you're kind of you're very you're very immersed in one specific thing yes yeah yeah it's kind of dangerous though it's very dangerous and i think this will create an even further like the u.s the right wing the left wing they're already divided yeah right they have been for a long time but this will put the divide even like that much greater right Mm -hmm. especially when you all you see is conspiracy theories and you know the left is out to get us and all this stuff right yeah so it's very dangerous it's very very dangerous and actually so um we'll get to what we're discussing in a minute but okay so we like to talk about the duggers here so i saw on a youtube page the joy dugger lost a sponsorship on instagram for um uh it's not on so on parlor you can like you know how on twitter you can like like something or retweet it Mm-hmm. So on Twitter or on Parlor, you can vote for something if you like it. Okay. So she voted for a Parley, which is like a tweet, um, supporting Trump, basically. And, you know, let's recount the election and conspiracy theory or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she actually lost that Instagram sponsorship after fans or people that follow her on Instagram saw this on parlor and contacted the company about it <laughs> yeah oh i know right yeah but that makes you think like i don't know would you would you well knowing what you know right now about parlor would you be pro twitter or pro parlor which one would you join if you had to join social media for the first time if you knew that none of your ideas would be blocked or labeled or criticized, which one would you follow? Well, I, I think it's it's good to get both sides of things, right? Like, I I don't know. I, I, I like Twitter. I don't know. I don't know if I would like Parler. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Just from, like, an operational standpoint, I like Twitter better. Yeah. I, I have... I've made a parlor account specifically for this, um, and I probably will be deleting it, but I don't like the way that the app functions. I do appreciate, however, that my information is supposedly private, so that's one Yes, I made an account. I know. You're laughing. I am. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm dedicated. Yeah, that's dedication. Okay, so why are we discussing Twitter versus Parler? And why has Parler grew? So they actually, I think they had a massive surge of users recently because they were promoting this on Fox News. But why are we discussing Were they this? really? I'm straight up dead serious, yeah. Yep. Oh my god. They had the founder on Fox News. Okay. Yep. Okay. So, why are we discussing this? So, um, back in 2016, everybody knows that, you know, Russia hacked the election and whatnot. And 
you know, you can think whatever you want to think about that, but it's true and there's proof. So in an effort to reduce, um, you know, fraud, increase security and to have better, um, like knowledge or to provide better knowledge and get rid of like, you know, the stuff that's fake. Mm-hmm. Twitter started labeling tweets if they were misleading mm-hmm. or false. So you can go on Donald Trump's Twitter feed and in the past week, he's probably been labeled a hundred different times because the things that he tweets are not true about, you know, election security and fraudulent voting and all this stuff. So it was done to make it harder to see and share false claims about the election. Mm-hmm. There you go. It was a step step to prevent the spread of deliberate misinformation. Again, Donald Trump, class A example. So basically what happens is you tweet something, you say, I don't know, the sky is green. And they would label that with a warning that says misinformation, you know, proceed at your own risk. Um, now the thing that they did do, which I'm not sure, this is probably where this comes from, this um, whole controversy is, you can't just retweet it, and you can't like it. You have, to, if you want to retweet, so you know how you retweet something. Mm-hmm. You don't have to add a comment if you don't want to. Okay. So on the labeled tweets that are labeled misinformation, so the sky is green, if you were re- to retweet that, you would have to put a comment with the retweet. Okay. Instead of just saying, I'm going to retweet this because I agree with it. Right? Um, okay, so... Yeah. Okay, so the goal is to reduce the visibility of misleading information. And then, of course... You know, I just wrote down freedom of speech, section one of the Constitution. It's a very, very sacred in the U.S. And, of course, section one of the Charter of Canadian Rights, freedoms. We all have mm-hmm. freedom to speech so mm-hmm. long as it doesn't impose on other people's stuff. Yes. Okay, so my first question. Do you think Twitter is violating the freedom of speech by labeling tweets as misleading? I don't. You don't. I, I I understand that that's his view. Mm-hmm. However, I think as a public figure, he's intentionally trying to mislead people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in the way that he's trying to misleading mislead people is intentionally harming. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, for sure. I could post something on Twitter that's misleading, and they could do the same thing to my Twitter account. Mm-hmm. Would right? you feel that's a violation of your freedom of speech? No. 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 Okay. Okay. Right? Like, I could post something on Facebook, and it could get taken down. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it, I don't... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... I don't think that's misleading. I don't think it's misleading. Okay. And other people's other people can disagree with me on that mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um but I just 
I think especially in regards to the subject matter of elections, Mm -hmm. you have to be careful of what you put out there, Mm -hmm. especially when it's in regards to election fraud or election. Oh, absolutely. And the fact of how far they've gone with this. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, the fact that, I mean, this is off topic a bit, but last week, Rudy Giuliani and a plethora of lawyers were on TV making accusations of some sort of software malfunction and voter fraud. And it was completely out of right field. And they even called them out on Fox News. Tucker Carlson called him out and said, you have not provided any information to this, so we cannot, you know, promote this. Yeah. Um, and that was all over Twitter. And it was actually the first time I found myself agreeing with Tucker Carlson. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Okay. So you are right. Twitter is not violating any um, sort of freedom of speech mm-hmm. um, statute. And this, I'm going to tell you why. And it's not because of what you stated. It's because they are a private company. So they can, you know, they have their own body of rules. It's probably in the whole, like, list of things that you yep. have to read before you make your account. Yep. Should have read it, Mr. Trump. Yep. Companies are allowed to regulate content in accordance with its terms of service. That makes sense. So, there you go. If you are, you know, somebody who's listening and, you know, you've moved to parlor because... You're astonished that Twitter would censor tweets. They can do it. And Okay. On that subject, move on to the next question. Do you consider what Twitter is doing by labeling tweets censorship? Making it harder to share the information because you have to retweet with a comment mm-hmm. and also labeling it as misinformation. Do you think that's I don't know. What do you think? I don't think so. Let me just look up. I don't believe it's censorship. I don't either. Um, because when we think of censorship, so the exact definition is the suppression or prohibition of any part of books, films, news, etc. that are considered obscure, politically unacceptable, or a threat to all security so they're just labeling it and saying this could potentially be untrue exactly or this could be misleading right right absolutely so when i think of censorship i think of like books that are banned you know Mm -hmm. in china or websites you know yeah um so yeah so i wouldn't say censorship either okay um how far do you think freedom of speech should go so freedom of speech is it is like a sacred right, especially in the U.S., right? Yes. It always comes back to freedom of speech. You want to go protest for BLM? Freedom of speech. You want to have a rally for, you know, mega? Freedom of speech. Yes. How far do you think freedom of speech should go? Because in the Charter of, Can- of in the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms, we have this clause that says you have these rights, but within... Um, unless, unless it, like... In- Inhibit on, on inhibits on somebody or inhibits on somebody else's like right within limits. Yeah. Um, 
but I don't know if it's as clearly stated in the Constitution. So how far do you think freedom of speech should go? I don't know. I that that's a really hard question. Like it's the same to me it's the same as like gun violence like over in the states because and I don't know if I should be bringing this up but for me I it scares me that everybody over there carries a gun but for them it's well it's in our charter or it's in our constitution. Yeah. Yeah. Or what it's not a constitution. I I said that wrong. So, um it's the Second Amendment. Second Amendment, thank you. Constitution. Yeah. The so, First Amendment's freedom of speech, freedom to religion, and freedom to assemble. Yeah. So, <laughs> for me, I think there's, just because it's there doesn't mean it's common sense. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just, so, I don't know. The two just don't line up. Yeah. So... How far do you, like, if you were a judge and you had this case in front of you, how far would you go until you said that's violating? Violating their, their freedom of speech. In what, in what instance? Well, let's say if someone is knowingly spreading disinformation, should they, like, at what point would you say enough you don't have the right to be doing this so let's say you you had you were on twitter and you were tweeting all nonsense how far do you think you should be allowed to go like before we take away trump's twitter (laughs) i don't know i think i think they're doing the right thing I think if the information's not correct or it's mm-hmm. misleading, they should be they should be mm-hmm. labeling it as incorrect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think they've let it go too far? In a like, way, yeah. Yeah, like too long. I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with blocking his account or yeah. <laughs> like putting him out of it for so long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think at this point he's a child. Like he's basically mm-hmm. acting like a child. So it's mm-hmm. you need to treat him the same as a child. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah. But I don't know. I I I feel sorry for the people that work at Twitter right now because having to go through all of his mm-hmm. like Well, maybe he'll go over to Parlor soon enough and he can, you know build his deep state over there i didn't you know that could be like his bunker his social media bunker where everybody thinks the same and anyway. says the same thing right so what are your thoughts on that like how far same question to you um i think they should have stopped the madness a long time ago mm-hmm. i think you know after the 2016 election like the 2016 election created an even bigger divide but the divide was already there Mm -hmm. i think you know twitter facebook whoever should have started doing more to regulate you know um what people are saying and to make sure that there's factual information out there Mm -hmm. right and to cut off trump's twitter when you know he says 
there's caravans coming up from you know Mexico that are going to storm through the borders and all of this nonsense because it's just mm-hmm. created more fractions. And it was also just giving him a platform to yeah. do his ramblings. And what's the point of that? Yeah. Where's that going? Like, yeah. what the fuck was he doing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, he, and he even, he spread, he announced, like, policy on mm-hmm. Twitter. Like, and he, I, he should have been cut off a really long time ago. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, I mean, they waited too long, in my opinion. They waited mm-hmm. too long, and this whole labeling thing is only p- trying to put, like, a Band-Aid on, you know, like, an artery that's spewing blood everywhere, trying to cover up this divide that it's just too far. Mm-hmm. You're seeing that, right? You're seeing that with the right-wing people going over to Parlor and having their own little community over there where they're only getting one side of the story. And that one side of the story isn't always factual. Well, no, you can tell by that. You can tell that by the fact that Twitter's labeling everything. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, what impact um, will this have on social media? So, you've got this growing divide between Parler and Twitter. You've got Twitter labeling things. What do you? What kind of impact do you think this will have on? like social media in the future will things have will you know will there be pressure to be more factual or is it just going to go back to like a free-for-all where you can say whatever you want to say and think whatever you want to think uh i'm not sure what do you think you know what i in a way i hope like I hope it goes to a point where it you need to be more factual because especially in regards to like Twitter where there was that kind of platform or they mm-hmm. gave him that kind of platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? I think there's already been pressure for the social media companies to create some sort of like safety net. Mm-hmm. I mean, you constantly hear about Facebook and their inability to catch like disinformation and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think it will change the social media landscape in terms of like factuality. Um, I think it it's also an encouragement for us to look at things online with you know clear clear vision, right? Not like, always yes. believing what we see. Yeah, what's true and what's not. Yeah, and I think that was a big wake-up call back in 2016, right? Because they said there were so many different posers, I guess if you want to use the word posers, on social media spreading disinformation in so many ways, right? Mm -hmm. That people just took it to be true. So we can't believe everything that we read online. No, that's really, that is true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I tell you, social media. Um, and then, so we've already kind of talked about Parlor, you know, not going too far. How long do you think it'll take, like, until the the Parlor people that have left Twitter go back to Twitter? How long do you think it'll last? 
Would you say like six months? Do you think that would be too long? Um, I'd probably say like a year or two. Okay. And I think even after that, it'll still be like this underground thing, you know? Kind of like the QAnon. QAnon, it was this underground thing and then the president, the president, Donald Trump brought attention to it right and so now it's out of the shadows but hopefully with time because their theories are just baseless and inaccurate and crazy actually there's a QAnon supporter in my neighborhood I'm not even kidding you he's a student from Massachusetts and he has a QAnon sticker on the side of his car I have no idea what QAnon is what is that so it's basically like this conspiracy or group of conspiracy theories that is about um, like the left wing Democrats, you know, being like porn, like child pornography addicts and running like sex rings out of pizza joints and all of this crazy stuff. <sighs> yeah. That's very specific. Like, why pizza joints? Well, somebody actually went into a pizza joint in Washington, D.C. It was called Pizzagate. He went into to try and rescue the children that were being held there against their will. And he ended up shooting it up. And he killed people. Yeah. I know. Are you you Googling it? I am. This (laughs) is... Where have I been? I don't obviously not watching CNN. I well, I could tell you that. That's insane. Oh, I know. Good God. I know. Yeah, Pizzagate conspiracy theory. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, I know. Ten facts about the conspiracy theory. Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meet QAnon, the granddaddy of conspiracy theories. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what the hell is Pizzagate? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I'll have to read that later. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Anyways, so back back to what we were talking about. Okay, so how we've already talked about we talked about this a bit in the beginning, but how has the impact of where people get their news from changed the landscape of news or media or thought? So we get a lot of our information now from social media like Twitter Mm -hmm. instead of having to rely on the newspapers. So how do you think that's kind of changed people's interpretation and involvement and thought on like politics or sports athletes or whatever well i think we're only getting one side right like we're only we're not getting a holistic view of what's going on in the world yeah Yeah. um i know myself i don't read a news it's not that i don't read i don't read a physical newspaper i don't Mm -hmm. get one Mm -hmm. um where like when i lived with my parents we got the windsor star and i would like read through not that the windsor star was you know like a quality news um 
but and I don't know. I don't read world news because mm-hmm. it's depressing. And so I don't basi- watch. Sorry. Sorry. So basically, what you get on your Twitter, so whatever you subscribe to, that's the news that you see. That's basically what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's the same for everybody, right? That's mm-hmm. a, for like all. I like how you else. just like summed it up, and I was like giving my life story, and you're like, we're gonna sum this up. Well, it's it's just I find it so fascinating that, you know, in in the 21st century when we're supposed to be so you know adept and thought provoked and stuff, we tend to only look at what we want to see, right? And what we want to see is right on the screen in front of us. So why would we go and you know look elsewhere for our news or whatever's going on in our world? Right? And I I don't know. I just I read the New York Times, I read the Washington Post, I go and I look, I read the CBC, um, because I want to be educated. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you're looking at exactly what you want to see, you're not being educated on. Again, you're not getting that holistic view of the world, right? Or what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, so yeah, so I think I, I would agree. <laughs> I would agree with you that millennials are, you know, we're we're living in our boxes. Yes, I would. I would definitely agree that we like live in live in our boxes. And like, if I had like time to like sit down and read a paper, it would be great. However, Mm -hmm. it's yeah. So, do you think millennials will get out of their boxes anytime soon? In all honesty, I don't think so. I think we are comfortable in our boxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of millennials that I don't think understand what other people in other time zones and other places are going through mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah we are stuck in our boxes <laughs> uh yeah no doubt it. now if you want to become unstuck in your box you can go on twitter and you can change your tw- your your you know your twitter trends from preference mm-hmm. to your locality and mm-hmm. you can get a little bit more variety. Variety is the space of life. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I actually, you know what? I think I do have world news on mine. So I do get some fun world news. but And some of it's West Virginia because I oh, love my West Virginia. I do. Love oh, West Virginia. <laughs> Want to go back. <laughs> One day, see me some mountains when the when the border opens again. <laughs> <laughs> Not before December twenty first. Well, technically, you could fly. Yeah, I'm not going on an airplane. Okay, well, it's safer apparently. Ashley, do you have anything else that you want to add or any thoughts on it? I don't know. I didn't know about Parlor. I that's it's really interesting mm-hmm. that like it's it become is. such a like right wing hotspot. Yeah. yeah, for something that was never intended to be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it grows over the next like six months to a year because mm-hmm. I think it won't last. It won't last 
Twitter, as we said, Twitter has a monopoly. It won't last, but how big will it grow and how long will it go? Or will it it's it's not that they like Twitter won't lose that monopoly. Yeah. Or will it just remain like the right wing like mm-hmm. centrifold? Yeah. Because yeah. like right now you said that Trump's on parlor. No, no, Trump's on Twitter. Stop. Okay. Okay, but they're waiting for him to go to parlor. He hasn't gone yet. Rudy Giuliani and all, like, yeah, all the like all of all of his and stuff. all of yeah. his little minions yeah. um are over on parlor. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see if you know, like as like the Republicans if they if they actually kept it going. Yeah. Now we should say that not all Republicans are you know, for Trump or they're a monolithic group yes. because they're not. No, they're not. And you know what? Some of the people that are going to parlor who support Trump aren't necessarily Republican. They're just lifetime Trumpers, as they're called. But it it'll be like a fan club for Trump. That's what it is. And um I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, you know, maybe maybe it'll help the twenty twenty four election cycle, you know, when Don Jr. or Ivanka oh want to run, right? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know, but um, I don't know. You know what concerns me is that I don't know if we mentioned this, but there was um, a Michigan militia group that tried to, yeah, um, I don't know, like kidnap, kidnap, and potentially kill the governor Gretchen Whitmer. Yep. Yes. Um, and I think we did mention it on here, but we have this site or this app that is not censored. Mm-hmm. And we have Trump supporters who are on it. Mm-hmm. What yeah. does that look like? Like that, it, it almost kind of con- like it concerns me. Like, what exactly is the content on there? What? Right, you're just kind of thinking into the future. What will those, like, really serious people that don't have anything else to do with their time do? Yes. I think that's where it concerns me. My head goes, like, to not, like, worst case scenario, but more of, like, you know, Trump has done what he's done on Twitter. And, you know, Twitter's basically said, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to put a Band-Aid on this and say... This isn't yeah. true. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get, I get what you're talking about, and I'm thinking back to 2018, I think, when you do. You remember that guy who sent all those envelopes to the news organizations? Yeah, I think so. And like suspicious packages, and then there was a police chase in Florida, and yeah. his man was all decked out in mega, like, you know, stuff. Yeah. And obviously these aren't you know, Trump's not directly at fault for these incidents, but no. he is an element. Right? The things oh, yeah. that he says are taken very seriously by some people. Oh, absolutely. Right? And I mean again, Gretchen Whitmer, the people that were planning on kidnapping her were doing so because Trump tweeted something about the state of Michigan and how they should 
do away with the governor or something to that effect. Which, if you go on and listen to some of the the interviews that she gave, yeah, I think with Chris Cuomo, mm-hmm. she, she said that exactly or yeah. in those words, which it resonated with me. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. this poor woman and her family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. And the fact that it's you know Michigan and Detroit is 45, 50. 55 minutes away from me i'm like yeah yeah well think it even about they were trying to not certify the votes for detroit they were trying to disenfranchise like a hundred thousand voters all of whom would have been african-american or most of right and that's just across the border mm-hmm. crazy anyways Anyway, so that is our discussion of Twitter versus Parler and social media. Well, not social media. Like, news. I don't even know. What, like, what do you call Twitter? Because, I mean, it's labeled as social media, but is it actually social media? Because it's all news. It's all people's thoughts on news. I feel like it can be blogging. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I would quantify this. But either way, Twitter versus Parler. So, guys, if you have any thoughts on this, if you think that Twitter is taking away your freedom of speech by labeling your tweets as misinformation, or if you think that, you know, Parler is going to grow substantially in following and size, or you just, you know. Want to voice your opinion? Let us know. Because, right, we are only two people. There Yeah. Uh, we want to hear your opinions on that. Yeah. Because, again, we are only two people and we don't have all the answers. We're just bringing you the information. Yeah, exactly. Um, so if you want to get in contact with us, you can email us at SaturdayNightConvos at gmail.com or hit us up on Instagram. Also Twitter, although we're not quite as active on there, but it's kind of our ongoing joke now, I think, actually. Yeah, we really need to get on that one. We'll get there. We'll get there. Anyways, guys, thanks for joining us for another Saturday Night Convos, and we will talk to you again in a week. Bye, guys. Bye.